Hi, I'm Terry O'Reilly, founder of OBP Australia, a service for overseas-born professionals looking to either get their first job in Australia or advance their career once they're established in their profession. Welcome to the podcast. Each episode, I'll be talking to an ex-OBP Australia client who's been successful in finding employment in Australia. We'll get to hear about their journey and what advice they have for job seekers. Sargent is a program leader with 15 years plus experience in delivering large-scale digital transformation programs. By applying strategic thinking, understanding business and technical requirements to galvanise teams around a common vision, to execute, manage and achieve customer business outcomes. I first met Sarjit in 2014 and was incredibly impressed by his eagerness and positive outlook. It was clear at the outset that he was going to find work easily and it wouldn't be long before he had a range of vocational options. He is the current president of the PMI Melbourne chapter and is with me today to talk about PMI and his journey. Sarjit, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Terry. Now, um, I first met you, I think, 2014, is that right? Yes, correct. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it has, that's eight years. Time really flies. So just start off by telling me a little bit about your journey since you arrived in 2014. Yeah, I moved from uh, Pakistan and I've been working in the IT and telecom industry. And uh, what fascinated me was the uh, Melbourne being the best living place at that time. And hopefully we'll, we'll get the title back soon. And uh, uh, I have a, a young family. So we decided that, you know, it's a good time to settle in and um, enjoy the life offered by Melbourne. And that was the trigger point to move from Pakistan uh, to Melbourne. Right. And you've stayed in Melbourne? Yes, throughout. Yeah. So I arrived in Craigieburn and we loved the place so much that, you know, we have, uh, it's been eight years now. It's still, still here. Right. And, and what about getting that first job? Was it tough? Uh, yes. I think um, to be very frank, uh, when I landed, I, I didn't have much planned. Uh, I thought that uh, with the background and the experience I have, it should be easier. But one thing which I miscalculated was to understand the local culture, the local norms, and uh, what uh, are the do's and don'ts uh, that we need to follow. I didn't change my resume. I didn't knew I have to do a, a cover letter. And I started applying. And pretty soon, uh, I got disappointed and frustrated that uh, you know why i'm not getting calls from the recruiter or where i'm getting wrong so um, i i needed help and uh, it, and and without that help i, I couldn't uh, get the job right and how so you're reflecting there the whole time you're not having success with an application how long did it take before you said okay i need a little bit of advice and guidance here yeah, um, uh, I spent uh, two and a half months. Uh, first month, you know, I settled family, uh, rented a house, and then seriously started to apply. And uh, overall, after uh, two and a half months, when I started uh, getting the help, 
uh, and I understood uh, the ways of the working, the culture, how to approach a job, uh, how to uh, call a recruiter uh, and introduce your own profile. Um, and once I started doing it, I was uh, about four weeks into that process. And I started getting calls and then uh, I, I getting uh, started to get shortlisted for the interviews. And, uh, and then I, I landed on my job after uh, about three months time frame. That's pretty good. And do you remember your first interview? How, how was that? Yeah, so uh, pretty excited. Uh, I got uh, two interviews uh, on the same day. One was in the morning and one was in the afternoon. Uh, my uh, first interview, uh, I was uh, pretty nervous, but my uh, line manager at that time, he uh, was very cool, calm and casual. Uh, I was wearing a three-piece suit but he was he was casual and he said look uh, we we work uh, in the IT department we are very casual and then uh, I also uh, removed my tie and coat and uh, started the discussion uh, and uh, and I, when I think back uh, uh, it was it was uh, really exciting to sit in front uh, of a manager and share your experience and uh, uh, try to uh, showcase your skills and and the values uh, you can bring for the organization. That's interesting. The the dress expectations um, are often something I discuss with my clients. How how would you describe one expectations at interview in your industry, and two, what do people wear at your work? Uh, no more uh, from. Mostly, uh, you know, if there is no uh, customer-facing uh, meeting, or if you're if I'm not visiting a customer site, uh, we'll be using business schedule or casual dress. Uh, uh, our organization uh, they give us a lot of uh, t-shirts, uh, so we we proudly wear those t-shirts uh, in our normal days. But if you're uh, going and visiting a customer, de- definitely a business schedule. Uh, and for any interviews, uh, I always uh, think that you you go uh, a business schedule. You know, a, a bit overdressed is fine instead of getting uh, underdressed. And uh, my last interview uh, with my current in, uh, organization was a video interview. So I did. Uh, I was thinking what to do, and then I thought uh, I should wear. Uh, a business schedule uh, being it's an interview uh, even if it is face-to-face or via a virtual channel I I should uh, display and follow uh, the norms that you know you 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 get a bit dressed for your interview sure and what about a tie I'm rarely seeing a tie these days they're becoming uh, really rare correct correct Um, I, I also don't see much of a tie, uh, and I feel uh, it is now being uh, redundant, and people just wear uh, business schedule, a suit, and a nice dress shirt. Sure. Okay, so you you got an interview fairly quickly, which is great after you changed your approach. One thing I remember about you when I first met you was that you were very thorough and methodical. You took things in, and you made changes where you needed to can you can you think you've already talked about uh changing your resume 
uh, making sure that your cover letter addressed a specific job. Is there anything else that you would suggest was really critical in those stages of landing a first interview? Uh, I, I, I think, uh, Terry, the key is that, you know, you need to have um, a coach, a mentor or a guide who can help you understand that, uh, you know, what, what are the right steps to follow? Uh, you know, I, I was struggling. I was trying to do things uh, with my own learning uh, by discussing it around my uh, group of friends. And uh, everybody has a very different experience. And I, I couldn't see that if I follow a particular path, I'll be able to uh, get the job. So I, I uh, when I had discussions with you in terms of my uh, career plan and uh, applying for jobs, one thing was uh, pretty clear uh, that this whole process from uh, applying uh, for the job till interview, shortlisting and everything, uh, for each step, uh, I have to improve and then take one step at a time. For example, uh, work on the cover letter and resume, try to understand what is the real job description in, in the job ad and how you resonate how and, and explain or, or uh, you know why your cover letter uh, tell the uh, hiring manager how you fit for for the role and why they should hire you so i think that was the first step which i started doing and uh, and it landed me interviews and during those interviews uh, then i uh, needed to understand how to uh, reply to the interview questions, uh, what they are really asking and how I can use uh, various techniques for replying to those questions that that make sense, not only uh, to the hiring manager, but they can see uh, what value uh, I'll be bringing across. Right. That's really good advice. Um, so we're here to talk today about... Um, your involvement with the Project Management Institute, the Melbourne chapter, PMI. So tell us about how you became involved with PMI. Yeah, um, it's an interesting uh, story, Terry. Back in uh, 2012, uh, my uh, boss, uh, I was uh, heading an enterprise PMO for our telecom, and my boss said that, look, you know, you're, you're running uh, programs. Why don't you go for the program management certification which is offered by PMI and at that time uh, it was a pretty expensive certification 1500 USD and uh, it it used to take a lot of preparation uh, to sit for this certification and I thought okay uh, if I have to do it sitting in Pakistan how how can I get some help at that time there was only one person who had that certification. So Pakistan uh, has got 220 million population. So I thought uh, I'll, I'll start my uh, preparation. And I reached out to uh, PMI uh, uh, networking groups and I found uh, a late Dr. Ginger. She was uh, instrumental in guiding and mentoring me. And uh, she said, Sajid, you know, uh, have confidence, start your preparations, uh, sit in the exam, and you will definitely pass this. And uh, I had never worked uh, with her. I'd have never met her, but I just sent an email 
and because of the volunteering work which she was doing i, I got a, a lot of support and i got a lot of confidence and once i passed my exam i thought and now is time that i should uh, do the same and i started uh, volunteering with pmi melbourne chapter based out of islamabad and uh, since then i have not looked back and it's been now uh, more than 10 years i've been working and uh, in, as a volunteer for uh, pmi right so that brings me to the next point and one thing i realized when i went to the pmi events is that not everybody's a project manager there correct correct uh, so i've seen uh, people a lot of uh, consultants coming in a lot of business analysts coming in a uh, lot of project schedulers and coordinators uh, coming so people from various backgrounds uh, people from uh, various different industries uh, we all welcome them and they join and uh, enjoy being part of uh, PMI Melbourne chapter okay and what's the value um in being a PMI member do you think yes uh, it, it is multifold a uh, few few things um we've got around uh tally globally 600,000 uh, PMI members uh, globally there are 300 plus Uh, local chapters so almost in uh, every part of the world and the interesting fact is uh, pmi has got 1.6 million certif- certified credential holders so it's it's a very a vastly uh, read practiced uh, profession following the pmi standards and once you become a pmi member you get access to uh, a lot of uh, free research and standards which you can use uh, in your in your organization then uh, pmi offers uh, a lot of research journals which you can you can read uh, being a pmi member and especially being a member of the local chapter uh, you get a chance to do uh, some networking uh, right you broaden uh, your reach by talking and uh being uh, by meeting uh, various uh, uh professionals or practitioners who are part of the uh, member as well this this help you uh, build your uh, r- relationships and understand uh, how how uh, and where to get support when you when you need one and uh lastly uh pmi being a pmi uh melbourne chapter or pmi member you get to earn uh free uh, pdus which are professional development units when you become a pmi uh when you do a, a pmi certification you, there is a, a renewal cycle for 3 years and then you need to earn pdus to maintain your credential so being part of the uh pmi melbourne chapter or pmi member you get to Uh, engage in various events and activities which uh, uh, give you or which uh, help you earn the pdus which are used for renewal of these certifications right uh, having attended several of the pmi events myself i mean apart from the fact that you have very interesting topics and uh, presenters at each of the events 
I thought the networking was excellent. Um, it's probably the best job that any professional organization does. Um, I think it's really uh, a nice, friendly, but professional way for people to meet people from other industries, which is what you've, you've just uh, alluded to there. With the the um, PMI and the PMP certification, what's the relationship there? Is somebody expected to be on the PMP pathway to be a member or is it not necessary? It's a, it's a very interesting uh, question, uh, Terry. Generally, uh, when people are trying to uh, prepare for their certification, uh, that is the time when they uh, get an introduction of PMI. And uh, I've seen it, it's not uh, mandatory or it's not required to be a PMP to become a PMI member. Anyone can become a PMI member. If you are a PMI member and uh, you want to uh, prepare or sit for a PMP certification, you get a, a discount. Uh, hence, a lot of people, uh, they become PMI member and then they avail the uh, PMP certification exam discount. Uh, so we, we can see a lot of people start their journey uh, by studying for PMP and then become uh, the PMI member. Right. Okay. Now, the events that I attended were face-to-face. They were pre-COVID. We've had COVID with us for two and a half years now. How has that affected the event schedule? Yeah, the uh, COVID was a bit of a, you know, uh, surprise for everyone. And especially in Melbourne, we had the world's longest (laughs) lockdown. And... uh, uh, for for from the uh, PMI Melbourne chapter perspective, uh, every month, the last Tuesday of every month, we run our uh, event, which is free for all PMI Melbourne chapter members. And if I recall, or if I think back, uh, in, in the last 10 years, we have never uh, missed a single event. So every month, last Tuesday, we run an event. And when we have to pivot and shift, uh, the board had a quick discussion and we thought how we can continue these events. And we uh, started using Zoom uh, and, and, you know, we, we had no experience how, how we need to uh, run these sessions. So we got some uh, training. We, we got some help uh, from uh, PMI organized a session where they trained us that, you know, how, how you need to run uh, these uh, sessions where they they are interactive you you can do some networking and the members are engaged and you pass on the value so we we straight away uh, shifted and uh, what we used to do was a lot of preparation uh, a lot of dry runs before we do the uh, actual uh, session and it it helps us a lot and we we continued uh, delivering uh, the networking and the monthly events for for the for the members right i suppose people are becoming more familiar with uh zoom and and communication online now so it's really changed our world i guess and and looking at work from home as well how's that affected project managers and, and projects in general i mean i suppose you're are you working a hybrid situation at the moment or are you full-time at work how's that working so uh it is it is hybrid and uh looks like 
uh, hybrid is the way forward. Uh, my office, uh, majority of my uh, customers and clients, they all are uh, now used to uh, having these hybrid tools. Uh, I think the uh, key message or the uh, uh, guidance is that we go a couple of days uh, to office uh, and uh, you know whatever the tool you use online um, you you cannot uh, beat that face-to-face -face, uh, interaction uh, which is very important uh, and you try to build a repo yeah, you try to understand uh, people uh, more and face-to-face uh, uh, -face will remain there but it is it is limited in terms of uh, how it affects the projects, uh, initially, when it all shifted, uh, everybody was uh, online. Uh, so we need to have uh, better communication channels uh, that, you know, how, how we continue uh, with the teams, how uh, when we are doing a digital transformation, how we pass on the message of change management virtually. And uh, the, the challenge, uh, which I feel is uh, through the virtual medium, you you don't try to see or try to understand uh, what's the real emotional uh, things happening with your team member uh, because of this medium. Uh, you know, it, it although it looks like informal, but it feels formal. Uh, that water cooler conversation or a, a mm. lunch table conversation or a coffee. A run or a coffee uh, catch up uh, that 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 is very important and wherever currently there's a chance we we try to enforce and do that uh, but we'll see uh, how how this all uh, hybrid approach evolves and uh, what what new tools comes in and, and we we'll, we try to uh, close that gap what, one of that's interesting one of the other challenges I've I've been hearing people talk about with hybrid is that you find that some people are in at the office and some are at home, which means that you may end up spending the whole time in, on Zoom at the office anyway. And some people feel like, what's the point? Uh, is there some coordination that's going on that you're aware of either in your workplace or elsewhere to ensure that you have a large number of people in the office at the same time, or is it not coordinated as well as it could be? Uh, uh, the uh, what we what we try to do is uh, we ask everyone uh, if they can join on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and uh, th that helps us uh, from moving away from from that uh, Zoom or the hybrid. And then we can we can have some quality time, quality discussions, and uh, uh, you know that uh, office culture or the or the buzz, right? You know, you 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 work in a team environment. Uh, but uh, I, I think with the because of COVID, uh, a lot has changed, and uh, I, 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 that's my personal opinion that we will we may not go back hundred uh, percent to office. So it 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 will evolve in a hybrid situation. Uh, what what it might be, but I think time will tell us. Mm. Yes, we probably have to wait a few years to see what what happens in the long run. So yeah. that, I've also noticed that um, some of your LinkedIn posts, I've seen you're traveling around the world. 
um, PMI is taking you places? What's happening there? Yes. Uh, so with as um, COVID is now finished, uh, PMI has started their uh, regional and then international uh, meetings. Uh, the international sessions are known as uh, LIMS, Leadership Institute Meeting, where uh, the various chapter leaders from around the globe uh, gather in a location. And then, uh, you know, we share our success stories, learn from others, and there are very nice uh, keynote speakers. And those meetings are considered as a uh, mentoring and leadership exercise for us that, you know, the, the PMI empowers us that when we are working in our boards, how, how better we can serve our members. And if there is a success story, a program that has helped the other members around somewhere in the globe, uh, we get to learn from it and uh, try to come and uh, implement it uh, in our hometown as well. Right. And just on the horizon, the upcoming PMI events, are they still online? Uh, for the uh, Melbourne chapter, what we did was we did a, a trial uh, where we started off with a hybrid approach. So uh, in one event, we had the speaker on site. In the next event, we had the speaker uh, virtually uh, talking to the members. And uh, with the virtual option, uh, Terry, it uh, opened our horizon and now we can have speakers from around the globe so the speaker was uh, sharing his uh, thought leadership uh, from usa so um, mm. yeah so so suddenly we, we got a lot more number of uh, people that can come and talk to our members uh, so after a couple of months uh, we have decided that you know we will continue to offer a hybrid model we are we will have a, a on-site uh, session where people can do networking, enjoy, come, have some drinks, and anyone who wants to join from uh, virtual tools like Zoom, they are more more than welcome to do that. And then we are trying to uh, mix the networking. That you know, before the before the event, we have some virtual breakout rooms where anybody who's who has joined virtually can have some networking. And then on-site people can have their face-to-face -face networking. So going forward, uh, we will be running uh, hybrid events for our members. That's fantastic. And just to finish up, how does someone go about joining PMI? Yes. Uh, uh, if somebody is thinking to join PMI, uh, they just need to go to the pmi.org website. Uh, there are a couple of uh, membership options. Uh, you find the ones which suits you. Like if you're a student, you, you get a discounted membership. Uh, make sure uh, when you are uh, choosing a membership, uh, it, it fits your profile and uh, you try to get uh, or more, more value from, from the membership. Once you sign up for the uh, global membership, you, you can, and I, I strongly encourage that, you know, uh, you sign up for your local chapter. Uh, we have got chapters throughout Australia in all states. And uh, recently, uh, there is uh, work happening uh, to start up a Tasmanian chapter. So pretty soon, we'll have a right. chapter in T Tasmania as well. So if you join the uh, local chapter, you, you get the chance to uh, network and volunteer 
for for the chapter where the key value is. So Tasmania is getting a PMI chapter as well as an AFL football team. It seems. Have you been following yes. that? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That that's an interesting thing. Uh, I think both are competing. Let's see uh, <laughs> who gets it first. Excellent. So you've had a very interesting journey. Thanks for joining us, Sajid. What I'd normally do at the end here is for some parting words. What do you think is really important for an overseas-born professional, perhaps about to come to Australia or recently arrived? What is the most important piece of advice that you can give them? Uh, Thanks, Terry. I think uh, what I... Uh, believe is if you if you are a new immigrant um, and if you have landed it's it's a first thing you 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 need to admit it's a uh, new uh, culture it's a brand new country you you need to spend some time uh, come prepared uh, try early uh, if I uh, think back uh, I should have started preparing myself for understanding how, when I land here what needs to be done. Uh, so you you plan your journey uh, as as soon as you decide that you're moving. Uh, I, I'll say try to shortlist, get some help, uh, get some advice as early as possible. Uh, if you delay getting help, uh, you know you spend six months trying. Uh, it will frustrate you. You will not have uh, the energy. Uh, you will be demotivated. So before you get into that uh cycle uh get help as, as soon as possible follow a structured approach and try to understand uh how uh the job application process work how the recruitment works and what's the culture around uh, applying for uh jobs sitting in interviews and uh, being successful great excellent advice and i think the getting help is really important because everybody's in a different situation. No no Correct. two people are the same um, and you're facing different barriers depending on who you are. So thanks for joining us today, Sajid. I think that's been really useful and hopefully the listeners will be able to take something from that. So thanks again and take care. Thank you very much, Terry, for giving me this opportunity to share my experience. Thanks again. Thank you. OBP Australia provides guidance and support with job applications and approaching employers, industry awareness, interview coaching, and language and communication. You'll also be introduced to your professional peers already working in Australia, so you can get the lowdown on what's happening in your industry or profession. If you're looking for guidance and support to find your next job, email me at terry at obpaustralia.com.au. Let's talk.